When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Joshua Shaw audio experience. Firstly, thank you for giving me a bit of your attention. I'm honored you trusted me with it, and I promise to return the favor by giving you a ton of edutainment value back. In my newest podcast episode, I'll break down what I'm calling the Huberman effect, but more importantly, explain the disruptive cultural phenomenon that's behind it, which is powering much of the world today. But before we get started, I would love if you took 45 seconds out of your day to leave a rating review on whichever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. This helps me out immensely in terms of extending the reach of my podcast, but more importantly, allows me to make improvements based on your feedback. Thank you again. Now enjoy my newest podcast episode. How crazy is it to think that the church of Dr. Andrew Huberman has grown to millions of regular worshipers in only a few short years? But what's maybe even more crazy is that entrepreneurs are missing the forest for the trees on just how disruptively impactful this broader cultural phenomenon that's powering the Huberman effect has already become. So I'll decode pieces of that introduction throughout this content, but firstly, I need to get something off my chest. And this might sound extremely odd coming from a guy that's, from what I can tell, intensely curious about and actively exploring very similar subject matter intersections, both personally and professionally to him. But up until earlier this week, I had never really read or listened to or watched even a short clip of content from Dr. Andrew Huberman. And I promise expressing that wasn't me trying to be like too cool for school or contrarian position or whatever to win you over, especially you first timers to my content. Because honestly, my regular audience will tell you that I'm 100% authentically myself, which means I'm also 100% definitely not cool, or at least by common standards. But I would argue that's kind of commonality I share with Dr. Andrew Huberman. That is, unless I didn't get the memo that talking for hours about neuroscience is now considered cool. Though it's hard to overlook that the Huberman Lab consistently ranks among the top 10 podcasts on Spotify and Apple, Plus, he has amassed several million subscribers on YouTube in just over three years. Oh, and you can't forget his ability to kind of sell out live shows or events, uh, get lucrative book deals, and most likely struggle to walk down the street or even get a bite to eat publicly without his congregation recognizing him. So I guess I take that back. Huberman, who's a neuroscience and tenured professor, in the Department of Neurobiology at Stanford School of Medicine has somehow made long-form science education content cool. And this is at the time when attention spans are getting shorter, Americans' trust in scientists is declining, and misinformation seems to be rampant. But maybe, just maybe, that's actually a key part of this recipe for success because as Huberman himself has stated, the timing was right, people don't know who to trust, and the podcast offered a voice of authority. But even if I'm not a Huberman husband or 
have been indoctrinated into Hubermania yet. It's that broader cultural phenomenon that's powering the Huberman effect, which I'm acutely aware of and enormously fascinated by. If you haven't picked up on it yet from some of my vocabulary, kind of Easter eggs, I'm going to be talking about the first law of thermodynamics, which is the law of conservation of energy. Gotti! Gotti! But really, stick with me for a second because the law of conservation of energy states that energy cannot be created or destroyed, only altered in form. But kind of what does that have to do with Dr. Andrew Huberman, right? I promise it will all start to make sense soon. Only a few decades ago, a Christian identity was so common among Americans that it could almost be taken for granted. As recently as the early 1990s, about 90% of U.S. adults identified as Christians. But today, about two-thirds of adults are Christians. The change in America's religious composition is largely the result of large numbers of adults switching out of the religion in which they were raised to become religiously unaffiliated. But don't confuse religiously unaffiliated with atheism, because Americans do not suddenly have a lack of belief. So if that energy cannot be destroyed, then where did it go? Christianity began getting replaced with secular institutions like sports, social tribes, and political parties. These communities, and many others, are all brands, and America believes in brands. Thus, when done correctly, they resemble the same tendencies and intensity of traditional faith. But before I connect the dots back to how this is powering the Huberman effect, let me kind of quickly mention a few more related details because I want to give additional weight to my argument that religion has come out of the original theoretical box. Beginning in the 1980s, right before the fall of traditional religion in the United States, there was this incredible rise of economics as the dominant and structural social force. From that moment on, the consumption of objects, services, and now information became a vehicle for the expression of personal identity and became tied to the quest for an authentic life for all social classes. Consumer culture is paradoxically hyper-individualistic and communitarian. Identities, collective and personal, become an important stake. They have no substance if they are not expressed and recognized by significant others, hence the incredible power of social media platforms. Similarly, I'd argue social media helped the ever-expanding processes of neoliberalism, where restrictions on the global flows of anything have been substantially removed. Both consumerism and neoliberalism then combined to blur the boundaries between the traditional and secular religious spheres to the extent that the distinction becomes almost unnoticeable. Oh, and then let's finally toss in what happened in 2020. The great shutdown of non-essential businesses, government-mandated self-quarantine, and a growing number of workers adopting a new dispersed work lifestyle. As the stress of that isolation grew, there was deeper appreciation for connectivity, even the purely digital version. And now, being several years removed, the powerful hindsight is 2020 lens helps us understand that the biggest new businesses of this decade have been able to build alternative secular religions through leveraging today's technology that can foster community around those ideas. Throughout that crazy year of 2020, Dr. Andrew Huberman became increasingly frustrated by what he considered health authorities' exclusive focus on the virus 
and lack of holistic guidance to improve public well-being. After being a guest on a top technology podcast towards the end of 2020, the host encouraged him to start his own, and Huberman released the first episode in January of 2021. The topic for that first podcast was how the nervous system works and changes. The benign content title probably doesn't seductively yell, welcome to the church of Huberman, but that foundational neuroscience topic is more importantly also the basis of human curiosity, which is directed towards understanding oneself. While neuroscience might be the string that broadly ties all the content together, Huberman Lab podcast episodes discuss an ever-expanding variety of topics from sleep to fitness and nutrition, plus creativity, stress, and risk-taking. That's why Huberman Lab appeals to the same audience that might listen to other popular productivity podcasts, as the exploration of oneself is usually tightly bound to this desire for self-improvement. Now, there are many other science nerds out there pontificating about similar subject matter, but Huberman has perfected a formula that helps him make abstract intellectual explorations less intimidating. It starts with his common man appearance that always is the same kind of black outfit, but more importantly, it's the almost repetitious content flow that explains the mechanism, that introduces zero-cost behavioral tools and protocols, and then finally connects how those tools and protocols emerge from that mechanism. By revealing the evolutionary forces that under certain modern environmental conditions have shaped our brains and bodies in undesirable ways, the tools and protocols that Huberman professes about suddenly seem to have more weight to them. But it's some of Huberman's often cited protocols that can remind you of similar ascetic practices that have long been imperatives of many traditional world religions. Now, I subscribe to the fact that leaning into discomfort and denying some pleasure, especially in the short term, can be extremely beneficial. Yet, some people seem to get way too extreme with this stuff, whether it's the traditional religious ascetic ideal that almost seems to become a form of self-punishment or those Huberman self-optimization protocols. All this being said, I want to kind of make sure that I'm clarifying something before we move on. I don't think Huberman intentionally set out to build a new secular religion, which I also want to stress isn't even a bad thing anyways. He was just sharing the beauty and utility of his information in a manner that ended up bringing people together. As a disciple of the world's greatest religion, I believe capitalism in its many subforms is not only the best economic system when seeking to drive innovation, wealth, and prosperity, but it also allows for the best ideas to be able to win most consistently. So instead of saying bad, bad, and tisk tisk. I wanted to bring attention to the fact that we can't keep pretending that the mechanisms that move humans towards traditional religion devotion are much different than these new secular belief systems, aka brands, because everything is marketing and we are all consumers. Even if you don't think this argument is 100% true, how about we end this content by applying it to what I mentioned in the back half of that original introduction. And that was that entrepreneurs are missing the forest for the trees when they think about not only Dr. Andrew Huberman, but really any attention-getting personal brand. 
instead of realizing the broader interconnected forces that is giving the entire system continuously more power, they bundle them all up with their various biases into something surface like influencer marketing and dismiss it as some kind of ephemeral moment. Therefore, that lack of openness ends up creating a lot of missed opportunities in business. It has always been my belief that entrepreneurs need to be great counterpunchers because when they can recognize these large systematic energies powering the world, they know how to beneficially position themselves. Whether these new secular religions are grounded in reality or not, it's imperative to remember that even the best logic can't deter a believer's faith. So pay attention to those most evangelized brands because it's the various goods and services that have become the physical symbols assigned to our most prominent belief systems. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have any comments or questions about anything I discussed during it, open the podcast episode notes and click on any of my social media account links to reach out to me directly. 